Welcome to It's a Good Day Podcast. We are three friends who love to laugh and believe that through Jesus, even the tough seasons are good. You never know what will happen on our show, but we hope you will join us as we find the good in every day. Hey guys. Howdy, howdy. What's up? My mom always says that. Howdy, howdy. No, she says howdy doody. (laughs) (laughs) Who is it that says howdy? Maybe mom does that sometimes too. Wow. She's a mom of many words. Of many howdy, dowdy, (laughs) roadies. Oh man, what have you guys been up to this week? Well, I didn't actually do it because I can't be, you know, sucking in those fumes. But my husband stained our deck couple evenings ago and it looks really nice it's just on my mind Mm -hmm. because it's just fun yeah and a blessing and it just makes it look so much nicer Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's awesome because it was starting to look dirty and like just yeah it needed to be done it's been beautiful it was perfect days probably to work yeah Yeah, Yeah. such a blessing so beautiful that i had to buy harrison some sandals Oh, yeah. Suddenly it was, like, warm out, and he had nothing for his feet. What? Poor thing. <laughs> that poor deprived child. I know. I have a little bit of a shoe problem, seems, with um, a <laughs> baby. He has probably 20, uh, 20 pairs. Because little shoes are just so cute. They are adorable. Even though, like, m- mostly they're not very practical. Well, no. <laughs> but <laughs> but, <laughs> but they're still so cute. Yeah. Anything exciting with you, Wendy? Um... Not really. Just yep. Just the end of the year. Two more is, weeks. Right. Two more weeks of school. So there's a lot going on kind of with the school and yeah, finals yep. Aiden yep. is having and yeah. You're probably excited but, about your kids being home for the yes, summer. For sure. I'm fun. very excited. So fun. So should we tell them a little about today's episode? Yeah. Yes. Today we talked to Tish. She has a 16,000 square foot home. So we had lots of questions for her it yeah. was really nice we it laughed was. we cried mm-hmm. it was good it was really fun she had a lot of stories to tell on just how faithful god has been and it was fun she had lots of encouragement and she was great to talk to yeah yeah i, I didn't i didn't mention at all in the podcast that i lived there for three years shortly after they moved in oh yeah that's true so it's kind of cool you're a big or you know you have a lot invested there or you're yeah there. yeah it feels like home to me, too, even though I don't live there anymore. I'm excited for everyone to hear about it. Me, too. Yeah. yeah. It was great. Um, so don't forget to send in your questions for our Q&A at the end of the month. They can be funny, serious, doesn't matter. We would just love to have them. And you can send them into our Instagram at itsagoodday underscore pod or email them to us at itsagooddaypodcastmail at gmail.com. And it doesn't have to be like, we are the end saying when we answer these questions. It's mostly just like, hey, give us some ideas of what to talk about. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, this is what we would do. But this is what we have done. Or, yeah. Exactly. Good. So, all right. right, Enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome, Aunt Tish. Today we have my aunt here. And we're going to ask her about her home and... Yeah, all about that. <laughs> but yeah, all three of us are here with her, and we're in her cafe, just super cute and cozy. Yeah. So, Antish, you can just start by telling us about yourself and your family. Cool. Um, so, 
So I'm married to Matt. We've been married for 27 years, and we have four children, um, two boys, two girls in that order, a 25-year-old, 21-year-old boys, and then a 19 and an 18-year-old girls. Our oldest is married, and we have one grandbaby, Hazel. Okay. <laughs> and Hazel is just a week older than my son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super fun. That's right. Um, okay, so tell us, tell us the story of your, of where you live. Okay, so um, <laughs> we live in a sixteen thousand square foot building in Constableville, New York. All right. So how did that come about? So you live in a sixteen thousand square foot home. Mm-hmm. So tell us the story of that. That sounds okay. interesting. Um, <clears throat> so. For me, I've always loved home, and um, Matt and I, for years, had a vision of owning a big place. And um, I think that was pretty much, you know, maybe five years into our marriage that that was in our hearts. And um, we would talk about it at night, we would talk about it at the table, and we would just see, uh, in a vision, we would see us working with all different types of scenarios. We saw young people, we saw um, uh, just hosting in lots of different forms, but wondered if that was just us or the Lord. But in um, 2005, the Lord had a prophecy over me. Um, It's a fun story. Uh, My mom was going to be at a church service, and she asked if I would come and just go with her. So I said, sure, I'll go. But that I wanted to be home at 9 o'clock because my husband and I had planned that we were going to put the children to bed and have a date night. So I said to mom, I'll be there until about 10 or 9, then I'm going to scoot out. So I scooted out and um, went home and no longer got home. Actually, at that time, I was living with August and Delight in their home mm-hmm. and, um, and their family. And the phone rang, and it was someone from the church that was saying, hey, you need to get back down here because the guy ministering has a word for you. So I was like, babe, got to go. God's got to speak to me. I have to leave. So I ran That's back so down, fun. scooted in back to my mom, next to my mom. And a little while later, this man, gentleman called me out. And I won't read the whole thing because it's a little bit lengthy. But at that time, we thought that we were going to purchase a, a rather big place, even though it's nowhere near as big as this. But it all fell through because um, the particular bank loan that we were getting had certain requirements. And one of the requirements, which seems so bizarre and insane, was that the floor to the ceiling height in the second story had to be a certain height. And it didn't meet the requirement. And so they would not give us the loan for the money. So at the time, it was like, are you for real? I I didn't have the perspective of I wasn't as far along in my walk with the Lord to understand, trust the Lord. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and I felt living with somebody else, you just, it's not your own place and your children are busy and you just feel more of a burden, even though Kurt and Delight did not make me feel that way, which would be Augie and Delight's mom and dad, but just had such a desire to own my own place. And we had lived in uh, a few different rentals for a few years and you just can't do what you want to do in mm-hmm. a rental. No, right. So I went back and this gentleman called me up and like I said, I won't read the whole thing, but um, I want to read a portion of it. So this is, this is what the Lord said to me. 
Um, uh, let's see, just take me a second to find the exact spot. I saw, I saw when he, meaning the Lord, picked you up. He took his hand. He had you in his arms. His arms are real big. But I saw him lay his hand on your heart. I said, Lord, what were you doing with, with her? I'm telling her to tell her heart to beat again, to hope again, to dream again, and to live again. And he says, daughter, you haven't seen anything yet. The better days are right in front of you. Streets of hope. And did you bring your purse, your pocketbook? Open up your hands like this because there's finances coming for you, for you, girl, because just the favor of God over you. Now, Lord, we just release that over her and these two beautiful girls because my girls were with me, but I hadn't taken them back down. And he says, you're going to find a place to call home, a safe place. I'm even taking care of, care of the home. Home's a big deal. And you've been like, honey, you are not a burden to people. You are a blessing. Don't you ever forget that. Even though you are in a place right now that it looks hard and it looks like I'm a lot. I'm a liability. The Lord says, that's a lie. You are blessed and you're going to have a home. Girl, this lady's house is going to be all, it's going to be all white. It's going to be color. It's not going to be all white. It's going to be colorful. It's going to be full of furniture. It's going to be decorated, Tish, the way that you, the way you have quite an eye for decorating. You do. You're very creative. And the Lord says, I'm going to bring some things in. Just get ready. Get ready. It's your time. Amen. And the Lord says, I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to give you that. So Father, we just speak that over her. And that was in 2005. Wow. <laughs> so it was amazing on so many awesome. levels because mm -hmm. in my heart, I felt like a liability. And I just love how the Holy Spirit speaks the language that you have in your head. Right. That's when you can kind of confirm this is, this is for real. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, Amazing. I love that. Okay, so then fast forward to mm -hmm. how many more years later than what? Or, you know, you could even, right. you can tell us about in between that, like a few things. Well, yeah, whatever. it was just, it just began a journey of, for me, even the prophetic, like where do, where do I stand with the prophetic and asking the Lord in my quiet time, I want to believe that, that that would happen, but where, how does that work? And it wasn't long after I began just journaling that with him that he showed me Second Chronicles twenty twenty. believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established, believe in his prophets and, and you will prosper. And I thought, well, it's that simple. You just have to believe. Right. And so I just decided to believe. But in the believing, in the process of believing, there were so many hills and valleys of just... It's never going to happen to the point where um, I had given up. I thought I had, I'm like a collector. I'm a roadside collector. So if something says F-R-E-E, -E, I'm all there. My children got to the point where like, Mom, please do not pull over for anything else. The house that we were living in, um, he did give us a house to live in. And I always wondered, I felt like this can't be the house. It just doesn't seem like this is the house. And I couldn't really understand it. And I went on this little journey of, did we forsake what he said? Did we stop waiting? Did we not have any, mm -hmm. did we not have enough faith? But then hindsight is always so wonderful because you look mm -hmm. back and see 
that no, it was the preparation for. Right. It was part of the story. Mm -hmm. So that was really refreshing just to see that. So um, in the home that we were living in, I was such a collector of things and I had accumulated and I had gotten to a place where I just didn't want to clean anymore. I didn't want to keep it all nice anymore. I was just hopeless. I felt like he's not going to do it. We're not going to have that big place, so I might as well put everything back out on the roadside and be done with it. And then it was right then that he went, and things shifted. So there is something to the scriptures when it talks about death of a vision. Mm -hmm. There is really something to that. You can kind of mark that and think when you're at that place of forget it, you're about to have the shift. And yeah. so it's kind of a great mm -hmm. thing to remember. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So then... <clears throat> You, you, yeah, what about this place and how did that even start? So that started with um, Matt and I um, in our home before this. We were just, you know, living, living the life. He had a good job. We had good money. We had the kids in different activities. We were paying for those things, eating out when we wanted to. But something wasn't satisfying us. And so... I remember one night we were sitting at the dining room table and the kids happened to clean up and we just sat there and our conversation was, what are we doing to build the kingdom? And it was the first time that I remember the language of the kingdom of God kind of coming into mm. our speaking. And I got thinking about where did that come from and what is what does that mean? And, you know, we had continued to seek the Lord for what he had spoke and and I just think it was it was a supernatural Holy Spirit led thing where he was taking us into the kingdom. And so we went to bed that night and a little bit prior I'll back up just a little bit prior to that there had been just this desire deep in me to host a speaker. And I kept asking Matt, can we have a speaker come? And I, I knew this particular speaker I had remembered him from years before. And he just was not interested. He wasn't feeling it. And I was really struggling with that because I really sensed it. But I also didn't really didn't have a desire to go out ahead of Matt. I just wanted to wait on him mm -hmm. to kind of have that final thing. Mm -hmm. And um, so we had this conversation about the kingdom, went to bed that night. And I remember just completely just waking up in the middle of the night straight up in my bed and I just heard I heard the word restoration and it just was so profound I had never had that before mm -hmm. and I grabbed my bible grabbed my journal scooted snuck out of bed went downstairs and just started writing and he just just gave me this whole thing about man's um, futile efforts of self-restoration and I'll read a little bit of what I wrote the failure of of our efforts is presented most graphically in Jeremiah 8 through 10, lamentations and the destruction of Jerusalem and the scattering of the people, stubbornness, rebellion, immorality, idolatry, general corruption, afflicting the entire nation. Um, they'd faced God, they had forced God to such extremes of discipline that he had become like an enemy from lamentations 2.5. So it he was just giving me this download of many in today's church and they do not know me despite their most determined self-effort. They still did not have a personal relationship mm. with God. 
And that was just something that he was doing with us, where he was bringing us into this deeper personal relationship. And it just came out of, I don't know, it just came. It, it, it came out of just being stripped of what we thought was our identity, you know, having been in the church and being leaders in the church and, um, and having that kind of just come to a halt. And then he began to just take us down this, down this path, this journey of personal relationship. So anyway, I couldn't wait for Matt to get up that morning and I wanted to read to him everything that the Lord had given me. But I was a little bit like, eh, because he just hadn't quite, wasn't quite seeing things where I was seeing things. And so I read it all to him and he was like, wow, that's really good. Mm -hmm. And I just felt this thing where like, okay, something, there's momentum here, something's going to shift. And I, prior to that, for a couple of years, I've been saying, could we have Pastor Jim Jorgensen come and minister? And he had been saying, no, 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 no. Well, this was on a Saturday morning, and on the Sunday, Matt and I were going to be delivering a puppy for one of our boys. They had a puppy business, and we needed to deliver it to Albany, New York. So I said to Matt, I've done enough research online, and I know that's where Pastor Jim's church is. Can we go? And he's like, okay, call him up. We'll find out where it is. We'll go. So I called him and I said, um, you know, hi, my name is Tish Zare. I heard you minister years ago at a camp meeting and my husband and I are going to be in Albany area. Could we come to your church? And he said, oh, uh, like, well, actually, um, I don't have a church. I, I, um, I just go and minister, but I have these certain dates and I can come and minister. And I said, okay, great. And I got off the phone and Matt's like, so are we going? I'm like, no. And he goes, why not? I said, he doesn't have a church. Oh, I said, but he's coming here. And Matt's like, when? I said, uh, December 12, 13, 14. He goes, to who? I said, us? He goes, do we have to pay him? I said, I don't know. He goes, you better call him back. So I called him back. I said, I was just on the phone with you. And um, like, well, we don't really have a group of people that we meet with. It's just kind of our family. And do we have to pay you? Because <laughs> I have no idea how this works. And so he was so sincere and said, you know, we could just put a basket out and whatever the Lord gives him, he'd be willing to come. So I say all that to say, that we were, we kind of spread the word to people. We didn't know who would come and who wouldn't come, but there was just such a hunger within us. It, it just was so, we were just so hungry. And he came and we had a Friday night and then an all day Saturday thing. And on that Friday night, we had invited a bunch of young people because our son had been hosting like worship things on Friday nights. And, um, he came over to us after ministering and, and called us out to prophesy. And uh, the prophecy, there was much in it, but the main thing was the language was, it's time to build the kingdom. It's time to build the kingdom, which was what the language was that Matt and I were speaking. And, and he said, and I speak this building coming forth. So a few weeks went by after we had had him and Matt and I sat down and we just wanted to discuss what the Lord spoke over us because we feel like, okay, if he's going to prophesy, then it's up to us at that point to, to activate it, basically. We can either say, whatever, I don't know. Or we can say, okay, Lord, I believe in your word, and I believe in Second Chronicles 20.20, and so I'm going to believe it. So we sat down to talk about it, and it was so cute because my husband said, yeah, I agree with all of it, and it was really powerful, and it was what we were already saying. It was so amazing, but the only thing I don't get is what building. 
And I was like, what do you mean, what building? He says, well, it says, and I speak this building forth. And I'm like, oh, well, I think the Lord just means building of the kingdom. And so it was just maybe a month later or so, was within a couple of months, that um, this building that we're sitting in right now, there, there are friends of ours that live in Rochester, New York, and they had a friend in the area that took a picture of this place for sale and posted it on her Facebook page and joked with them that they should purchase it because they have many children and they're originally from this area. That'd be Bowen Tanya Crop. And so then my niece, August, who's also sitting here right now, saw it and reposted it to my page and said, hey, Aunt Tish, check this out. Well, I love real estate and I had dragged Matt to every piece of real estate in all of Lewis County for a few years and he had said, please do not take me to anything else. So I had not taken him to anything, but I showed him the post that August sent and he said, let's you know, book an appointment for that. I was like, whoa, okay. So we booked the appointment and um, with a realtor. And my, my negative stinking thinking is, I'm sure we're the last ones to see it. I'm sure it's already sold, but whatever. Okay. So we get here. We brought our video camera. We didn't tell anybody. And we came. And the first thing I said to the realtor, well, how many people have already seen it? Because you're the first ones. And I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. So we walk in the door and we're just bumping each other's elbows. We're behind the realtor. And it's just everything of all the places we've looked at through the years. It just had all the desired everything. The price was right. The the windows were good. The walls weren't falling apart. There was um, water in every room. It was just, it was almost too good to be true. Mm -hmm. And so we get all done looking at it and we say to the realtor, okay, great. So mind you, we have no money. That's the other part of this. We have no money. We have equity, but other than that, we have no money. And so, um, yes, Matt had a good job, but we did not, we were not um, terrible with our money, but we had decided to raise the children together and we had two home businesses that got us by. So that's, that was where we were at in life. And um, we said to the realtor, okay, so what do we do if we're interested in buying? He goes, well, you can't just buy it. What? If you're interested, you need to write a business proposal and then hand that into the school board and they'll decide who they're going to sell to. So that felt a little intimidating, but, it, but in the back of our minds, we thought, this is very interesting. Is this the Lord? Is he setting this up? And so, again, we decided that we weren't going to tell anybody what we were doing for a couple of reasons. Number one, there are dream crashers. And so you start dreaming and then people start to bring reality into your dream and it crashes your dream. And then you feel hopeless and you feel like, forget it. Um, the other reason was my own pride, which was I have been up this mountain a hundred times. <gasps> we're going to get this place. We're going to get this place. We're going to get that place. And none of them ever came to be. So it was like, okay, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, yeah, well, that wasn't it either. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was my own pride. Can you um, share what this building was? I don't think we said that. Okay. So yeah. this, this was a school building. Okay. It was a K through eight elementary school building that had been shut down for one year. Okay. Yep. I was just going to say, too, that it's so cool that he gave you the opportunity to, like, almost to fight for it or, like, to write up a business proposal and show show the community and show the school board 
what this place could be instead of just like, oh, yep, we have the money. So like it wasn't mm-hmm. the it wasn't the money that talked. It was like what you were actually going to do with it that talked. I just think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. is cool. Yeah. Okay. So did you come up with a business proposal then or what? how did that work? So that was interesting. We had been given the certain date that it had to be handed in by. And I enjoy writing, but in my journal, in my personal journaling with the Lord, and um, I just couldn't get something going. I just couldn't get my head around it. And I kept trying and trying and trying, and the days were going by. Finally, there was going to be this particular Sunday, and we had decided to set aside a couple of hours. Um, We hadn't been attending a regular church gathering at the time, so we would get up in the morning and do blessing breakfast with our children. And that was just sitting around the table. We always made cinnamon rolls, and then Matt and I would get up and go to each child and just pray a blessing over the work of their hands and whatever we felt the Spirit leading. And then we had planned we would watch a family movie, and then after that, all of our children were going to be serving at a youth thing. And so we thought once we drop them off, we'll sit down. We'll have a couple of hours to get this thing written out. So... Um, we got through blessing breakfast. We were cleaning up and we're thinking, okay, let's keep moving. And all of a sudden the phone rang and our nephew had called to say, hey, could we bring our guitar over and have some worship time? And I'm thinking, no, we can't do that. In my brain, I'm thinking that. But Matt says, who is that? I said, oh, it's Corwin. And he would like to come over and do some worship. And Matt's like, yeah, I have him come. And I'm like making the Cross the neck. No, we can't do that. Really? We have a we business we have plan. To stay to... on the, you know, stay with the plan. And he's like, no, I have him come over. And so I, you know, trying to be the obedient wife. Okay, yeah, sure, come on over. And he says, well, what do you have for breakfast? He's oh, already done with breakfast. You know, cleaned up, moving on. And and um, he says, well, are there any leftovers? And I'm like, sure, there's leftovers. But I want to say to you though, I don't tell that story to make Corwin look bad because what it was. In my personal journal time, the Lord was already prepping me for this because in my quiet time, I had gotten to the place where I was done hosting. It was work to host and it was cleaning to host. And it was, it was just, it had become something where I had just given it up. And the Lord had been talking to me about that and wanting me to stop with that nonsense. And he had showed me in his word where it says we are to be given to hospitality Mm. and that if he says we're to be given to it, then it's important to him. And whatever's important to him, I want it to be important to me. And so he had already been doing that. And I, I was like, oh boy, this is an opportunity. And so, sure, come on over. We'll get the food out. And I was so happy about that. I was like, thank you, Lord. You're so faithful. He's just so faithful. So they, it was just a crack up because the whole day the Lord was teaching me. It's his timing, not mine. Because we said, sure, come. Well, we knew they live eight miles away. We're still on target. We're still going to have time to do this business proposal. Well, guess what? They didn't come right away. So Corwin and his wife were having some intense fellowship. And you know what? Let's be real. Intense fellowship happens. It happens. And we were just like, when are they going to get here? And they weren't coming and they weren't coming. And finally, the kids look out the window. We heard the dogs barking like, they're here, they're here. Well, then they didn't get out of the car. And I remember to this day, like Maddie and Caleb lifting themselves up over the kitchen counter, like, I think they're fighting. (laughs) 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 And so then they came in and they kind of walked in and walked past us and went into the dining room and they needed to continue to work through what they were working through. And so 
we were forced to have to go with the flow. But it was the Lord. He was showing us, just trust me, just just go with it. And so we just went with it and we just loved and we just waited. And so we fed them and then we're like, well, we're having, we sang a few songs in the living room and I was kind of in my mind the whole time. I'm thinking, okay, they can leave now. You know, thinking that way. But they were just sat there. So then Matt says, hey, we're going to watch family movie. You want to watch family movie? They said, sure. Like, okay, we're still good. We're still on target. Well, all of a sudden we start the family movie and the dogs start barking. And I think, oh my word, why are the dogs barking? I'm like, I've got it. You guys start the family movie. So I run out to the door <laughs> and here's our other nephew, Christian. Granted, we never get company like that. And I'm like, okay, God, I've got this. So I open the door. I'm like, hi, Christian. He's like, hey. He goes, how you doing, Aunt Tish? Good. And I, he says, what you up to? He said, well, we're just going to start a family movie. Would you like to come in? And he's like, sure. I'm like, well, great. So I was like passing the test. <laughs> so they come in. They sit down. We watch the family movie. The family movie gets over. And we're sitting in silence. Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but Uncle Matt, doesn't do silence. So all of a sudden he says, so we're thinking of buying the school. I'm like, oh my goodness, he told him. Here we go, dream crashers, mm -hmm. never mind. But Christian, Corwin, <laughs> Elizabeth, Hannah, they just got so excited and they just started dreaming immediately mm -hmm. with us. They were just so much fun. And then um, that went into showing them the school. We had video of it and anyway, as much fun as it was, my brain was still watching the clock. I'm thinking, they need to leave because we have to write this and we have to hand it in. And at one point, I remember Hannah handing little Castle over and she got her computer out. And in my mind, you have to be so careful and keep control of your mind at all times. But I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she's playing a game. They're never leaving. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. And so I'm just like, this is crazy. We have got to do this, but okay, whatever. And so all of a sudden, I think probably another half an hour went by. Sweet little Hannah. I can still hear her in my head. She's like, um, Aunt Tish, Uncle Matt, I've just kind of been listening to what you guys have been saying. And well, I'm like, I took a writing course in college and I wrote a business proposal. It to this day can make me cry. It makes me cry. <laughs> so she had written word for word what was in our heart. It was just so unbelievable. Like the Lord all day long, it was just this battle within, raging within me to have it my way, my plan. And he was like showing us, nope, you go with my way. <laughs> so cool. Mm -hmm. So that is the business proposal that we handed in. You know, that was it. And it was just, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. So we handed that in and I think a couple of weeks went by or I, I don't exactly know the time frames, but I know there was a waiting and the realtor would get in touch with us here and there. Finally, the realtor got in touch with us and said, okay, um, you're high on the list, but they want you to remove contingent upon the sale of your home. So we knew that we couldn't just remove that because we didn't have money. We had equity on the home that we had and that was it. But we were torn, what do we do? And so we went to the word again and said, Lord, what does your word say? And his word says to seek counsel. So we decided um, to invite all the men in my family and Matt's family over to our home. Some could make it, some could not, but the majority of them were there. And we just didn't invite the women simply because I was emotional enough, honestly. And I was just like, I don't need any more women in motion. We just need the men to come and ch -ch -ch. 
And so we just explained our scenario and all of them were in agreement that, yeah, you just, you can't do that. You can't remove contingent upon the sale of your home because we don't want to see you in a financial situation. And that was really hard because we knew that. We knew in our, our head that that was the way it needed to be, but, but we were just hoping they would say, yeah, go for it, you know, and that we could be, okay, we did the biblical thing and they said, go for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And so, so Kurt said, in lieu of a miracle, and I just remember that stuck out in my brain. So, but I didn't see a miracle. And so that night, Matt and I went to bed and we were both very bummed. Like, okay, that's the end of another dream. And so he got up early the next morning, went to work. And then I remember the phone ringing and I answered. And I think it was like seven o'clock or something. And he said, are you up yet? And I was like, no, I'm not up yet. I'm depressed in bed. Who was it? The call Matt. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. sorry. And he said, get dressed, I'm coming to get you. And I said, why? He said, just get dressed, I'll be there in a few minutes. Okay. So I got dressed, I was waiting outside, jumped in the car, where are we going? And he says, I need to go down to the courthouse and talk to the code officer. And I'm like, why? We need to just, we need to just say we can't do um, what they're asking us to do. And he goes, I know, I just need to find something out. And so I've since asked him about that. And he said he just was in this place of stubbornness where he wasn't willing to give up yet, quite yet, and felt like he needed one more final straw. So we went down to the code officer's um, courthouse building and went in and Matt said to him, I need to know if I have to put a sprinkler system in the building because that was in question. And the guy said to Matt, well, Matt, I'm like 90, you know, 2% sure that you don't need to. Matt's like, that's not good enough. I need to know like 99, yes or no. And he says, okay, just give me a minute. And so he's on his phone, on his computer, going back and forth and we're just waiting. And finally he hangs up the phone. He looks at Matt and he goes, Matt, I'm 99% sure you do not need to have a sprinkler system. And you're the only ones left anyway. Everybody else has pulled out, which we did not know that. The realtor couldn't reveal that to us. So we walk out of the office, and Matt says to me, leverage. And so we go to our car, go over to the realtor, and Matt says to the realtor, we will remove the contingency of the sale of our home if they lower the price to $50,000 because the asking price was $75,000. And we had $50,000 in equity. And so that is what happened. Um, and so there was a day within the next week or so that we knew was the final day, the final vote. And Matt had come home from work. And I would said to Matt, we were just in waiting to hear anything certain. And I said, can we just go for a walk while we're waiting? Because I was just feeling so like, oh. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go for a walk. And so every we tried to get out the door about four times. It was really funny. Um, and like the dog ran off and we had to chase the dogs. The phone call came and Matt had to take a phone call. And we just kept getting interrupted. Finally, we walked down the driveway, walked across the road, and the realtor pulled up behind us. And it just felt like that was such timing of the Lord. And he gets out of his car and he says, guys, you're it. You're the ones. They're selling it to you. And we were just so excited. Just We just couldn't believe it. So we visited with him for a little bit, and then he got in his car and left. Now, the word that I read to you that was given to me in 2005, at the very end, it says, um, the Lord says, I'm going to pay for it. And I don't know if everybody in the world is familiar with this, but when somebody opens a business, usually the first dollar they frame, you know, and it's just a, a unique thing that people do. And so anyway, the realtor gets in his car, pulls away, and Matt and I turned 
and took a step, and there was one dollar bill laying on the ground. <laughs> so I still have it. It's in my journal. It's really powerful. So I love that. Yeah. I love how there's so many points where following God is not always just one way. You know, there was yeah. times where you had to. I kind of lost my my examples, but there was times where you had to go outside of yourself to do what he asked. And then there was times where you had to wait to do what he asked or like, he doesn't always just say go. Sometimes he says stop or sometimes mm -hmm. I just love that. That's so cool. Right. And you had times where you had to remind yourself to have faith, to believe. Mm -hmm. It's not like that was easy. I'm mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So then you moved in, then you moved in to the, like you actually live here mm -hmm. and that's a big space. Mm -hmm. Right. What do you do with all of it? <laughs> right. How did you make it feel like a home? Um, I remember when we moved in, I thought, prior to moving in, I thought we have a lot of stuff. Then we moved in and like, we have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, whoa, but, um, I don't know. I guess it's true what the Lord says, and He knows us best, and He says that I have an eye for it, and I don't know. I just set things up, and it just kind of comes together, and people gave us things, and um, yeah. Like, what are some ways that you've made a 16,000-square-foot building feel like home? Because mm. you said, too, that um, home was important mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. you. Um, I think, I think it's really not about the stuff, honestly, mm -hmm. if I could just say that it's, it's about, it's about him. It's all about Jesus. It's all about loving people. And, you know, it's easy to, to remain in a, like, like if you're having a bad day to be grumpy and if someone comes to your door to maintain grumpy or mm -hmm. to get past that and to love somebody. You know what I mean? And so I think it's that kind of thing and just welcoming his presence here. I think there is something very powerful about that. And we knew right from the get-go that in some ways I refer to it as the Ark of the Covenant. I felt like we're, we're hosting his presence. And when we're hosting his presence, there was a lot of things that felt very important that I didn't want to just be flippant about anything. I don't know how else to say it besides that. Yeah. It's amazing. I'd love for you to share a couple of the stories. Like you were saying, you felt like you had a lot of stuff and then you moved in and realized how big of a building you had and then felt like you didn't have a lot of stuff. Um, I would love to hear about, I mean... I can look around and see you have a lot of beds in every room. You have lots of chairs and lots of couches, that kind of stuff. Um, we'd love to hear a couple of those stories of just how the Lord provided those mm -hmm. things. Because like you said, you didn't have, it wasn't like you were coming into this with tons of, mm -hmm. um, whatever that's called. I mean, money, overhead. Mm -hmm. No, I don't know. I, I don't know the right word. <laughs> I, yeah. Right. Well, coming here, um, first of all, there were just so many things. Um, it was huge. It was way beyond us. It was not something that we were capable of doing financially, physically, any of it. Uh, it was a total risk. And I remember Matt and I laying in bed when, when it was actually happening, happening, and we grabbed hands, 
And in marriage, it's so easy when something goes wrong to blame the other. And we knew that this was too big for that. And so we literally grabbed hands one night in bed and said, success or fail, we're jumping together. I'm not blaming you. You're not blaming me, no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that was crucial to do that and to have that moment. And so um, as we began to move in and see the needs of things that we needed, I had nothing else to do but to say, Lord, you see. I mean, I just remember different. My way with the Lord is I literally do look up and say, Lord, you see this, right? You got that? Because I, I don't know how this is going to happen, right? <laughs> and that would just be what I would do with him, and he would just come through. So one thing I remember thinking part of the vision was just to host people, to love people, to take people in, but we didn't even know what that all looked like or meant. And we didn't have a lot of tables and chairs. And so um, I had went to get my hair cut, and I could no longer just afford to go plop down 50 bucks to get my hair done. So I had asked the lady that cuts hair if she would just mind giving me a trim. And while I was sitting in her home and she was trimming my hair, she mentioned that there was a hotel revamping and that we should go get stuff. And outside, I said, oh, that's great to know. But inside, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, there is no money. So we... Our house, um, we were still carrying the mortgage on our house. We added a mortgage by using the equity to purchase the 16,000 square foot building. And then we also had to figure out how to heat the building, which is another story. So basically we were carrying three mortgages and we've gone through Dave Ramsey courses and it was very important to us that we live debt free. And so that meant no to a lot of things and it was very difficult. I spent a lot of evenings in bed with Matt saying, I know the big picture, I know what God's doing, but I'm hurting inside. And so just remind me again, <laughs> just remind me that we, we're okay, I'm okay, and we're gonna be, be debt-free eventually. So when that lady spoke that to me, I thought, well, there's nothing we can do about that. And, um, uh, so um, she told me about the hotel, and I had a lady that the Lord had connected me with 10 years prior to all this happening, and she was coming up for the weekend and bringing me apples so that we could put applesauce in the freezer and apple pies in the freezer and apple everything in the freezer and apple cider. And um, my mom came over, and she brought a lady from Pennsylvania with her, and we were doing all this, and they said, you know, you really need more tables and chairs. And I didn't think before I spoke, but I was like, I know, and there's this hotel revamping, and they're getting rid of everything, and we could use all of it. And she said, let's go right now. And this woman, the Lord uses her uh, to just um, set people up, and she's um, been blessed financially. But in my heart of hearts, I wasn't content with that. Like, I didn't say it so that she would then fulfill that need. And I said, no, no, thank you, but, but no. So about a week later, um, we had a gathering here of people, and we were gifted some money. People wanted to just kind of pour into what God was doing. And part of what was seen was for us to get a stove. So we were able to find a stove on Craigslist um, and purchase that, but there was still money left over. So my mom, who was here helping us with the apples, pulled me aside and said, Tish, I'm going into Watertown. Let me just check and see if the hotel even has anything left. And I said, okay. 
you do that. So she called Matt the next day and said, Matt, they have 25 chairs available for $5 a piece and you still have money that was given. So do you want them? And he's like, yep, we need them. We want them. And so mom and dad's there, Matt's parents went down the next day with their car and their little trailer and to pick them up. And so when they got there, there was all kinds of other things. And she called me and said, Tish, there's still things here and you could use a lot of this stuff. Well, my mind was so full of so much. We had been moving for two months. I was so overwhelmed. I said, mom's there. You know what we have and what we don't have. Just pick stuff out and we'll all go back down the next day. Whatever we can afford, just get it. Mm -hmm. So we went down the next day and she had paid for the first original 25 chairs, but they didn't even charge her the full amount. And then when we went to pay for the rest of the stuff that she had picked out, they didn't take money. And while we were standing there, um, there was just pieces of carpet. There was furniture. There was mirrors. There was um, mattresses. And so uh, the gentleman says, could you use this? And we said, yes. And then I would say, how about that? And he goes, you want that? Sure. And then he'd say, what about this? And I'd say, yes. And I said, what about that? And he'd say, yes. And so anyway, all of a sudden we had two vehicles and tons of stuff. Now what are we going to do? We're in a pickle. And so we had like two cell phones and we started calling people and they're like, oh, I'm busy. I can't come or I'm out hunting. Sorry. And finally, um, Mom's there thinks to call her brother, and he and his wife were just getting ready to leave to come to Watertown for eye appointments, and he had a, he owned a U-Haul. He said, I'll bring the U-Haul, I'll park it, you fill it up, <laughs> and you can take it off. That's home. amazing. So of course. <laughs> every detail, every detail, the Lord mm -hmm. just kept revealing to us, I'm in it, I've got it. And so he filled the house. He just continued to fill the house. I remember one day, like, because our finances were so tight and we had to be so particular, I was so hungry for meat. We weren't buying meat because it was just too expensive. And randomly we would buy a little bit here and there at Aldi's, but, but we just didn't have meat. And we were just really, I just was getting a little bummed. And I just was crying out to the Lord. I was cleaning and said, Lord, I just really want meat. The phone rings, and it's a dear friend of ours in Pennsylvania. And she says, Tish, what's the meat situation up there? Are you needing meat? <laughs> I just, I, it was just so unbelievable. It was like, God, you're amazing. And she said, okay, well, I, I, found, I found a couple of deals, and we're going to bring you meat next weekend. Well, the next weekend they show up, and they decided that because they weren't really sure of what we had, they bought a freezer and filled it with meat. <sighs> so I had meat for like two years that I didn't buy, that God just heard my request. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. So awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit now about what are you doing now with the building and what is what does it look like for you? And yeah. So when we came here, I had, I had a hard time, like, I'm a bit more of a no person and Matt's a bit more of the partier, say yes. And um, for me, it's about the work that I see. I get caught up in, in being perfectionistic. And so I've had to really learn, and I'm still learning to lay that down. It's always a battle for me. But um, I said to Matt, what are we going to do? And he said, well, we'll just say yes to everything. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> you just say yes 
everything. <laughs> Never thought about that. <laughs> so we weren't here very long, had no idea what we were doing, what God's ultimate plan was. We had desires in our heart, and a call came in, and it was the middle of winter. We were barely able to heat the place. We, we knew it was going to cost, we knew it cost the school over 30000 a year to heat it. We weren't going to be able to do that, but there was oil still in the tanks, and we had a readout every day that we could read out. And so every day Matt was going down and reading, and he'd come out and say, we used another 55 gallons. And so he was starting to lose sleep. And we knew we could get to December 24th, and then we'd be out of oil, and then what were we going to do? And he had done the research to know what we needed. He wanted to put a wood chip furnace in, but we needed the money to do it, and we didn't have the $40,000 to do it. So we got a call in the midst of this of um, some people locally that were going to be hosting a solar company from Pennsylvania, and they needed a place for all their workers to stay, and would we consider hosting them? Well, we decided we were saying yes. So I said yes. And then we had our dear friends, Bobby and Tanya, that were going to come up, and it was all during Christmas break. And they're like, hey, can we stay with you? Because they have a lot of children, and everybody in their family had smaller houses. And we're like, yes. And then our son was at ministry school during this time, and he's like, hey, Mom and Dad, we're going to bring friends. I'm going to bring friends from ministry school. Can they all come? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, it was like fear. I was just having fear, like, how are we going to do this? But just going with it. And we had the most wonderful couple of weeks with all these people that we didn't know. Lots of laughs, lots of just divine appointments that God was setting up. Um, just unbelievable things. And um, I remember at one point, uh, the one of the gentlemen that was coming to stay I'm very easily intimidated. I remember he called and he started asking questions and like, can you send me pictures? And I'm, you know, just thinking, what are we doing? And I send him pictures and he's like, okay, that looks great. And he said, do you mind if I bring my family? We homeschool. And I'm thinking, sure, bring them. And he goes, okay, now I just have one more question. And I'm like so nervous. Like, what is he going to ask me? Like, I don't know. And he said, is there any way at all that we can watch the Eagles game on Sunday? And I just roared with laughter because my husband and my boys have always been Eagles fans. And I said, oh, it'll be on. And so to this day, we're dear friends with them. And we've stayed with them in Pennsylvania. And we stay in touch. And yeah, just things like that. <laughs> okay, well, I have a question. How do you keep such a big house clean? Okay, yeah. So I have naturally always been a cleaner. And... Um, just perfectionistic in that way. And so, but again, this is 16,000 square foot building, so I wasn't sure how that would look. And as a mom and, you know, how you teach your children and they learn from you, they're watching you all the time and they're under your care and you don't always see what, what you could look at as something negative about yourself. Like I've always felt bad as my children were growing up that I was the mom who would put the dishes away before they used them, you know, and just feel bad about those kinds of little things and wish that I wasn't so fussy about them having toys all over or messing up the, the pillows I just fixed on the couch or whatever. But again, the whole hindsight thing is such a beautiful thing, really, because I look back and see how that also prepared them for now, because they're a lot, a lot like me in the in the quick pickup. But one of the things was I remember walking down the hall. We hadn't been here long. And I saw 
something laying on the ground. And I was, somebody else was with me and I was talking with them and I was walking along and I walked past it. But I felt this check. Nope, back up and pick it up because this place is too big to leave something. And I just really felt like that was wisdom. You know, that that was a Holy Spirit download of you need to don't walk past something. And so I just learned to do that very quickly. And I don't try to pressure anybody else in it. It's just what I know that I have to do in order to maintain mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. he's given us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's just what I do. Yeah. So if someone's with me, often they will see me quick do something. And I've pretty much been that way my whole life. But when you're in like a normal size home, it's easy to kind of let some things go because you'd rather just sit and have coffee with somebody or whatever. But in my ability to keep that happening and do both, it's what works to keep it happening. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can you um, give some practical advice or maybe even some encouragement for a mom, maybe with small children who want to use their home? Mm -hmm. um, like now you're using this building to host people mm -hmm. and you have all these stories mm -hmm. that God provided. But what about, what about someone with a smaller home mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. with maybe little children? Like how mm -hmm. can we use our homes mm -hmm. to glorify God? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that um, there is a place where just being real is letting the dishes be dirty, letting the toys be all over. But I also see that there's value in teaching your children the value in somebody coming over. And so people are comfortable when things are clean and tidy. You know, I think you can be comfortable in both places. But for me, that was probably more where I landed on that. And um, I think you have to kind of be checking your heart in that because if you're barking at your children to make that happen, that's not valuable. Mm -hmm. But if you can train them in that, that the value in somebody and the importance of we're going to clean up for them, yeah, then you're, yeah, it's a that. servant heart mm -hmm. that's coming out of that, then I think that's important. Yeah. And um, another thing is prior to company, you know, you're prepping, you're prepping, you're prepping. And then you have the company and you don't know what that's gonna look like. You don't know who those people will be. You don't know how those people will respond. You don't know what it will be. And so I, I feel it's really important that as the parents in a home that when company leaves, if their children were naughty, if they said things that you didn't agree with, if they didn't, um, if they just didn't, if it was more difficult, it's, you should maintain what you're saying, uh, obedient to the Lord and loving. But if, if you host and you're like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's not really teaching your children how to be hospitable. You know what I mean? So it's like the before and after needs to be the same. Mm -hmm. I guess. Is that something that came naturally for you when your kids were little? Or is it now in hindsight you're looking back? And... Mm -hmm. You mean, do you mean like the, the cleanliness part or just like posting the people part? Hosting the people, yes. Yeah, no, yeah. I think, I think um, I've always had a heart for the underdog. And so it's really easy to kind of pick 
because we are, we live in such a society to make yourself better than somebody else, you know. And so I was, I've been in situations where I hear the talk about somebody and it makes me sad. It makes me really sad because like, wait a minute, they're just as valuable to Jesus as mm-hmm. right now. Yes. Any of, you know. And so I guess that for Matt and I, we were quick to bring those things to a halt if there was discussions like we just didn't. And the thing of it is words. There's life and death in the tongue. And so as soon as you speak it, you can't get it back. Trust me, I have failed. <laughs> I've never been perfect. But it's something where we have very much attained to not discuss people, to not have them for lunch. Mm-hmm. Have them for lunch and have a nice meal. But don't have them for lunch in discussion. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So I want to go back just for a second to what you were saying about, like, what are you doing with the building, like there's been lots of different, you've had lot hosted lots of different people. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but just talk a, a little bit about just the different types of ministries that you've had over the past few years, or even what your vision is in the future. Yep, it's very multifaceted, and um, we weren't sure exactly what, but um, One thing that the Lord spoke over Matt and I years ago is that I'm going to give you the nations. And again, like I said to you, I do believe that what he speaks is going to happen. It's up to us to activate with our belief in him. And I thought, how could that be? Because I'm not a great traveler. Like, I don't love to travel, and we don't have a lot of money to travel, so how is that going to happen? And so after being here a short while and realizing that the nations were an hour and a half away, in Syracuse, New York, and that refugees who come from other countries go into Miami, and then from Miami there's different places where they, hubs where they send them, and Syracuse is one of them of over 30,000, and so our daughter Courtney has a missions heart, and um, we were in Syracuse several nights a week with our other daughter for a season of time, and while there we recognize that there's this refugees living in Syracuse and how can we be part of that and so we started looking into that and um, started volunteering with a group there and while we were there um, sharing our heart um, with having a space and how can we help more it wasn't long after going every Monday night and working with women and children that the lady who started this organization in Syracuse tapped me on the shoulder and said, we have a mom with children that needs a place to go just so she can think because things are rough in the home life. So we took in a refugee mama and her children, and that just kind of started more of that. So we host them whenever whenever a call comes in Mm -hmm. and just work with them to the best of our ability, loving on them. And for Matt and I, our desire is to keep a family together and um, so we try to work with the men too and um, we've yeah that's one thing Um, we've hosted conferences that's another thing that's on our heart is just to host speakers and have people come and be refreshed and refilled and pump back up in their walk with the Lord Um, most recent we're wanting to Uh, launch a ministry school we don't really know exactly what that looks like and how that's all going to be but we really feel is leading in that 
Um, we host like a Celebrate Recovery group here. There's many people that we know that just, we all have battles, right? And so mm. we've realized that the journey is, we love for the miraculous where God just delivers us of our addictions and our hurts and that sort of thing, but usually it's a daily thing, and so people just need support. Yeah, yep. I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah. So many different. So. All right. Well, I have a question. What's good about today? Today is really exciting for me because in, in living here in the school and with the visions that he's given and the things that he said is going to happen, um, there's a lot of setup that has to happen yet. And I just have seen him do miracle after miracle after miracle. And so one of the things that I have been praying in is a functioning commercial kitchen. Um, there's a space for it where the um, commercial kitchen was, but when we moved in, we moved it to our kitchen, to a different area. And so I've just been talking to the Lord about that and saying it's something that we need. And so just um, last week we received a message from somebody saying that they want to give us a commercial stove. And so it just blows my mind that he does these things, that he orchestrates this stuff. And so today that's getting delivered. That's amazing. <laughs> that is so cool. So that will be in downstairs. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. We are so happy that you were here with us. Thank you for sharing. And I'm sure that our listeners are going to enjoy this episode very much. Yeah, for sure. Such a blessing to see what the Lord has done. And thank you for being a wonderful aunt. <laughs> and delighted. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good day. Thank you.